Hey everyone, Rob Cress here, Root Pharmacist from Root Pharmacist Radio, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in. Um, today, what we are going to be actually talking about uh, is natural supplements, basically how to pinpoint reputable nutritional supplements, uh, basically navigating through subpar products, price sensitivity, and marketing hype. Now, uh, before I go any further, if you all ever want to hear anything on a certain topic, just reach out to me at rootpharmacist at gmail.com. So, without further ado... Um, you know, whether you're listening to this and you're a practitioner who wants to provide the very best for their patients, uh, or maybe you're a consumer who understands that there are different levels of nutritional supplements um, and that it makes a difference, then you're going to understand that quality is a very big issue. And that's what I want to cover right now. Um, quality is actually critical when it comes to natural supplements. Uh, you know, as consumers and really practitioners, we want results. Um, we don't want to be ripped off. And in most cases, for the given results, we're certainly willing to pay a premium price uh, for that if that's what it takes. And as you'll see, a lot of that can you know, come to the role of adequate testing, um, identifying uh, synthetic products that won't do us a, a darn of good. So like anything that becomes popular, nutritional medicine brings to the table both quality and lack of quality uh, and even sometimes downright dangerous products. Now. Uh, it's our job to know the difference, but you know, I and as I've worked with a lot of practitioners before who were kind of new, I guess, to the natural supplement realm. The quite and actually, as I teach a lot or train a lot of uh, continuing educations, those who really aren't into it or don't know about it, oftentimes the question would be, why nutritional medicine? Well, there are many reasons to consider adding nutritional medicine to a practice or just imparting it to your healthcare if you're a consumer. Uh, cons com commercial food sources do not have the nutritional relevancy that they once did. Uh, coupled with the typical Western diet, this often leads people deficient in certain vitamins and minerals and nutrients. Then there's just the lifestyle cultural issues that we're dealing with today. Um, increase in stress, lack of stress management, lack of nat nature time, lack of sleep, uh, habits such as cigarette smoke, and maybe a little too much alcohol consumption. Can, all of this and more can challenge one's nutritional relevancy. And then for me from you know being a pharmacist, uh, Almost all medication therapy can lead to drug-induced nutrient depletions, and being that a lot of our societies on medications add all these together, it's an issue. My favorite reason is, though, truthfully, and I believe this, nutritional therapy can do what medication therapy can. And when I say nutritional therapy, I should say lifestyle medicine and even functional medicine. But let me explain. Allopathic or conventional, I guess we'll say, medicine is often based around a wait until they get sick to begin to treat approach. You know, it, it takes a very black and white approach. Now, it's either you're sick or you're not. You either have diabetes or you don't. You either have adrenal function or you don't. Now, you and I both know that you just don't get sick. And nutritional and functional medicine allows you to kind of step into that gray area and help, you know, move the patient or as a patient to be able to move yourself back to health before falling deeper into the cycle of illness. For instance, let me give you an example. Someone wants to lose weight. Um, practitioner might ask what their blood sugar levels are. Uh, I do this as a pharmacist, uh, as it's a marker for insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome, uh, risk factors for weight gain. Then they say, well, the doctor says it's a little high, about 110, so they're going to keep an eye on it. Keep an eye on it. That's the thing that drives me crazy because what are we going to do? We're just going to wait till they hit like 126 
and then have them be tagged as a diabetic, put them on metformin, and just hopefully all will be good. Probably understanding eventually, you know, they'll have to go on insulin, all the while increasing risk for cardiovascular disease and stroke. This is often too, this is too often the case. But what if we were to focus on, let's just, just say healthy eating, uh, remove some of the bad things, uh, add more of the good things, and then move a little bit more. You know, I did a podcast, a previous one was about uh, tiny tweaks we can make. And a lot of times we can make huge transitions because these these tiny tweaks can lead to change of habits that almost has like a snowball effect. So we can also, in this case, up the ante a bit. We can add some berberine, one of my favorites for sugar, chromium, maybe fish oil, and other natural supplements that basically support healthy insulin sensitivity and blood sugar uh, metabolism. If this is done, can you imagine how much better the individual would feel in just 30 days even? If their blood sugar normals dropped to below 100, they had more energy, digestion, and even mood, mood approved, instead of just tracking down that whole path of let's keep an eye on it. Does that make sense? So when you can give someone back their health like that, man, there's no better feeling. It's total professional reward. And if you're an individual and you're able to do that upon yourself, you realize what, you know, what life has to offer for you now, which is pretty cool. So then the questions posed to me, aren't all supplements the same? Isn't USP verified good enough? At this point, what I want to do is talk about transparency in the nutritional industry. This is essentially a call out to a large segment segment of our nutritional industry, which does not exist on a basis of transparency and trust, regardless of how they attempt to swoon the public via their marketing and price. Uh, examples of transparency and nutrition. Now, I am a Big fan of nutrition and a stickler for quality. There are constant issues of quality making the news in the nutritional industry. Let's just take a look at a few and show you how this happens. Uh, Bilberry. Bilberry has been a historical counterfeit an example as far as natural wellness. Um, Bilberry itself, the benefits have shown to uh, support visual and vascular enhancement properties, moderates visual fatigue, supports the light to dark adjustment, promotes retinas own antioxidant defenses, supports integrity of vascular walls by enhancing vitamin C. Now, azo dyes have been used to basically mimic the color of bilberry, counterfeiting with like mulberry or black bean skins. Because what happens is when they test, test uh, bilberry, they're gonna um, test it through UV spectrometry. And when they do that, they're testing what's known as anthocyanins. Uh, the anthocyanin content in bilberry uh, is identified as about 25%, while similarly, the uh, anthocyanin content in mulberry is 22 to 24% and black bean skin at 20%. So you can see if they're just using UV spectrometry, they can get basically um, a counterfeit or substitute what's not in there to be in there. You know, they'll, they'll put a mulberry or blackberry and call it bilberry. Now, there's a botanical supplier named Indina Labs, very reputable. They've uh, done a report that at least 15 to 20% of bilberry samples come back adulterated. Uh, but what is really interesting, uh, it shows that you, the UV spectrometry might not be the best testing method, as in an Australian study in 2006, they showed that high-performance liquid chromatography, known as HPLC, uh, one extract of the bilberry had only 9% anthocyanins, where researchers reported, yet yeah, was probably not from bilberry. 
Sports supplements, another big factor. Uh, numerous illicit substances have uh, been discovered in sports and weight loss supplements, including stimulants, antidepressants, diuretics, seizure medications, and laxatives. Uh, just a few years ago, the FDA pulled over about a dozen weight loss supplements off the market uh, that were being sold through the internet for containing subutramine. Subutramine. Now, what does this mean? Um, there was a drug that was out, I would say the early 90s, or I'm sorry, early 2000s, known as Meridia. And subutramine was the active ingredient in this prescription drug, but it was pulled from the market due to potentially increased blood pressure and pulse rate in patients. Um, especially with the history of coronary artery disease, congestive heart failure, arrhythmias, and stroke. So it was a bad one, but now we're starting to see this drug where you can still get in other countries. A uh, number of cases found its way into sports supplements. You've probably heard of ginseng. Uh, ginseng is an adaptogen. Uh, People look towards it as kind of a tonic for, uh, for the body or even stamina. It plays a lot of different roles, but what a lot of people don't realize, there are a couple different types of ginseng. Fake jinx, ginseng has always and always will probably be a problem both here in uh, Asia. What's important to understand is that there are different types of ginseng. American ginseng, which 90% is actually grown in Wisconsin, is calming, cooling, and highly sought after in Asia. That's what they prefer. Demands a price of about $9,000 a pound. Now, the Korean red, which is another popular one, although highly sought after here in America, it seems like here in America, we want the more stimulating. Korean ginseng uh, provides heating, stimulating effects. So we're the overstressed, beat-up culture. We're looking for that stimulant effect. Uh, there's been numerous times when these have been replaced. I mean, if you can imagine you've got American ginseng at $9,000 um, a pound that uh, you're going to have a lot of counterfeits and imposters come to the table. Just in 2015, $400,000 of fake low-grade China ginseng packaged as that Korean was uh, discovered in Hong Kong, while other reports have shown Korean ginseng being sold in Hong Kong and marketed as American ginseng. Uh, at $9,000 a pound, I guess you know you could see some opportunity in this if you, were, um, if you had that level of scruples, I guess you could say. Another big one. Um, curcumin, turmeric. Now, curcumin is very popular these days. The problem is there's actually more demand than supply. Um, curcumin is the active ingredient of the spiced turmeric, turmeric coming from the ginger family. Uh, there's a reason, and it's, it's understandably why curcumin has become so popular. Uh, it's great anti-inflammatory, equivalent to many non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, prescription and over-the-counter. It offers support for mind, heart, liver, kidney, digestion, and a whole lot more. Um, as you have something that's popular, there's more demand than supply. So then you would have to ask, well, how can there still be products readily available, right, on the shelves? Well, the answer is adulteration, and substituting a synthetic curcumin is a very big problem. Uh, it's actually been estimated that almost 50% of the curcumin that's brought into the United States is actually synthetic. A lot of this comes down to testing and price are the cornerstones of quality product. If it's a cheap curcumin, Chances are it's synthetic because they could not have paid the price for the proper testing on this one. Um, so I would avoid that way. Uh, Sabinsa Laboratories is one of the world's biggest importers discovered uh, these issues with it. And what they realize is that most testing done for curcumin is done through HPLC. Now, we just talked about that and how that was uh, more of a preference for bilberry possibly or might have helped out there. Well, it really depends on the nutrients. That's why you really have to go with a good uh, nutritional company and a good lab. 
turns out curcumin, HPLC, is not the preferred way to test. Uh, because what happens is where the HPLC, they're going to see the three spikes of the three curcuminoids, and they'll call it valid, but a synthetic product can do that. Optimally, uh, what happens in this case is that curcumin actually has to be um, tested through carbon dating. Uh, it happens to be quite expensive, and there's only a handful of reliable labs that can do this. So as you can see, there's a lot of false stuff on the market, and uh, price is certainly one of these things we can look at. So, um, And this doesn't even speak about the low bioavailability in a standard curcumin. Curcumin itself does not absorb too well. That's why even in the food turmeric, why people add pepper to it, black pepper, to help enhance the absorption. Well, when you get into a supplement, you've got the same issue. So you need to go with one that's been enhanced uh, bioavailable-wise. So I am a fan of a couple different companies. Um, one would be indeed in the laboratories. They have their Mariva. Uh, which you can find exam examples would be through Thorn or even through Pure, which is curcumazorb, and that's a phytosome curcumin. They basically encapsulate it in um, phosphatidylcholine to enhance the absorption greatly. Another one is Sabinsa Labs, their C3 complex. They put that with bioparine, which is an enhanced extract of that black pepper uh, extract that we're looking for. So as you can see, there's numerous examples of false or dangerous or improper uh, products that have come to market. So it's an important thing to keep a look at on. So what I want to do now in the next uh, episode, we're going to close off on this one. Uh, we're going to actually talk about uh, the certain regulations and what to look for and how to find a quality uh, nutritional supplement uh, and also share with you some examples. So thanks for listening. Uh, Root Pharmacist Radio, rootpharmacist at gmail.com. Rob Cress here, and have a great day.